You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited because I am sitting in a museum, but uh, not in a boring way. I'm at the Punk Rock Museum here in Las Vegas. I'm sitting with Lisa and Mona, who are pivotal to building this place, getting it up and running newly here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's April 2023. It's great to be here. I've got to ask you two, how did this idea come about? When did it start? How did it start? Well, it started out of pandemic, like a lot of things I imagine started. Uh, A lot of people cleaning out their storages, a lot of people saying like, what I'm going to do with all this crap. And then here we are to come and rescue them and say, put your crap in our space. (laughs) (laughs) Put your crap. So how there's 50 years of punk rock in this place. How do you figure out what should go in here and how do you design the layout and figure out how to curate all the history and all the different genres and the people and the art and the music there's so much, right? So how do you? So we put knew that there was no way that we could encompass every band yeah. and every story, but as a collective, we made a hit list of the things that were the most important to us, um, and that's something different for every person on the collective. Yeah. Uh, and we went from there. We're yeah. like, we have to include this band. We have to include this story, and that's what we went after. Did you approach the bands directly and say, look, we really want your your music or, or your art, your photos, your flyers? 100%. I mean, that, that, was, that was the initial version of this, which I think is going to drastically change now that we have a proof of concept, right? Yeah. Like now that we've actually done it and people come here and go, wow, you actually did it. I think people are going to come to us where we used to have to go to people and say, trust that this is going to be something. And... We want we want to uh, let forty five years of punk music shine. Yeah, and now it's the FOMO is real. Everyone's they come here, they see that it's an elevated uh, experience. It's a real museum, and that we are really uh, dedicated, dedicated to the craft, dedicated yeah. to to the history of punk rock. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about both of your history. So you obviously, you, you, you fell into the punk rock scene and the culture. And I think everybody has their own personal story as to why they're driven or gra- you know, they're gravitating towards it. Well, for, for both of you, like, how did you fall into it? Was it when you were young and you just you met somebody in it? Or how did that all happen for you? I mean, I, it, for me, I was young. I grew up in South Florida, which was a very long time ago in South Florida. But I got to see... Uh, the Clash at a very young age, which is still my favorite band to this day in this world. Like, I live and die by The Clash. Uh, and I also hitchhiked and saw The Bad Brains in a club in Miami when I was, you know, whatever. Supposed to be doing homework, and that changed my life. And I said, this is, this is, I don't know if this is what I'm going to spend my entire life doing, but I certainly know that this is motivating for me to, to find out what else is out there. Me, I grew up in a very small town 
in Washington State, and me and my friends were a group of outsiders. And for us, punk rock was it was about the music, mm-hmm. but it was also about a, a community. And you know, it was skateboarders, it was artists, it was kids in bands, and and it was about being accepted somewhere. Did you feel like you were drawn to it because, in a way, you you just couldn't fit? Anywhere else? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I lived in a town that was very Republican. There was Air Force, you know, a big Air Force population. And, I mean, I, I got bullied. I got teased. I got locked in my own locker in high school for having an Iggy Pop poster mm-hmm. in my locker. So, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, gravitating to, towards people that accepted me. Yeah. I mean, if people come here, they come to Vegas all the time, not all of them love punk rock, right? So what do you think people are going to gain from coming here to this museum who have no clue? Maybe they think punk is you know, mainstream, like, like Blink-182. That's, that's their identification with punk, you know? What do you think they're going to learn here about the punk scene? Because I feel like, you know, growing up, there were people that look at punk as in a negative light. They look at it as, you know, oh, you know, you're into punk rock, you're drinking, you're doing drugs, you're, 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 you're getting into trouble with the law, and it's, it's for de- degenerates, really. But to me, growing up in it, I've seen the intellectuality, the art, the energy, the community, the family. So what do you think people are going to gain who have that perception here? For me, I always think that, by definition, uh, a museum is here to teach you something, right? Like. Yeah. I'm going to this museum to learn about whatever it is that I'm going to the museum for, about fashion, about dinosaurs, about whatever that is. For me, what what we are here to do is not necessarily to teach people, but to share what it is that we've all had this uh, unique experience together. Like, there's a, I've worked in a variety of different types of music, and anything from reggae to hardcore to variety thing not that hardcore is not part of that scene but what I'm saying is what I hope that people take away from this is that we're not here to educate you about like teach you about punk rock we're just here to show you that this is a, a huge community that continues to grow 45 years later and, and it's still happening and it's still growing and it's still here and and you, whatever you take away is either I don't like this or I love it and I never knew yeah, for me, I think, I I think people are going to be. If you don't know anything about punk, you're gonna you're gonna connect the dots that punk rock has a huge impact on pop culture, a huge influence on fashion, a huge influence on music in general. Uh, but it is it's more than just music. It's it, it is a, it's a movement. It's a culture. And I think that if if someone comes here and knows nothing about punk rock they're going to connect the dots like, oh, this is where this fashion came from. This is where this uh, this cultural touchstone came from. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like, in a way, the museum's kind of closing an era in punk, though? Like, do you feel like there's going to be... You know, what's the future look like, do you, do you guys think? Like, the future's it, unwritten. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Joe Strummer, <laughs> for that famous, famous quote. I mean, look, I'm I'm in my well into my 50s, and I still work with a lot of really young bands. I did 24 years of the Vans Warped Tour, 
I tour manage that. So I've, I've continuously worked with young bands and the future is, is constantly growing. This is what our upstairs is all about. It's a, it's a place to showcase that no matter what you think punk is to the next generation, that's their version of what punk is. DIY, it's, it's we're different. We, you know, we do, we do not fit in. And that is, that is what that space is all about upstairs, is to continuously make that the next year and then the next year. We're, you know, we work, we have some stuff showcased from a band called the Lindas, who are a very young band. I know them, yeah. Right? And, yeah. and they're, they're featured in the case upstairs, and half the people who come through here who are fans of Germs or what other bands they're fans of, they, they have maybe never heard of the Lindas, but yeah. I expect, for me, I expect some of our tour guides to go like, I've never heard of the Lindas either. Let's check it out yeah. together. And let's let's not close the door on what punk rock is and know that punk rock is going to be something to the next generation, no yeah. matter what the age. There's always going to be someone that says, oh, punk's dead. It, it, it started in this year and ended in this year. But I don't, I don't feel that that's true. I think punk is... Those. It's yeah. uh, it's an idea, yeah. and it's constantly changing, and yeah. and every generation is going to want to be different than the people that came before them. Yeah. But they're definitely going to be influenced by the bands yeah. and the culture of punk rock. Right. Like the way the world is going right now with the culture and everything, it's it's so much different than it was like when I was into punk in the '90s. I feel like. Trying to figure out where punk fits in the zeitgeist of American culture right now because people are sensitive. There's there seems to be more sensitivity to the ideas of punk and, and, and things. Yeah. And where do you think it fits now? Do you feel like we're kind of going back into like the 1950s where people are very conservative? And, I mean, I don't think people are conservative. Yeah. I think people are progressive. I think yeah. you know there's there's the LGBT community. Yeah. There's people of color and. Those people are still oppressed, and they still like are, are struggling to like make their voices be heard. Yeah. And there are bands that are, you know, from those uh, scenes that are punk as fuck, and they 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 want their stories to be heard. They want they want to have a voice, and yeah. I feel like that's what punk rock is. Yeah, you know, the the people that are underappreciated or oppressed that they're screaming to be heard. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Uh, like we, outside of just being a bunch of punk rockers, we're also very business-minded people who believe so strongly in the fact that punk rock still exists and it still has a place in this world that we spent our last two years of our lives changing everything that we've ever done to commit 100% to opening up a space fully dedicated, the only space in the world fully dedicated yeah, to... Yeah, history of punk rock and the future of punk rock so yeah. so is it dead is it it does it have a place it this is the proof we've yeah. only been open a month this is the place and yeah. this and is where it is it's never going to be dead and it's still maybe niche and i want it to be niche i don't want this to be for everybody it it, it doesn't have to be for everybody but you can come here and walk away with your why, why do you think Las Vegas was the place to do it? I feel like Las Vegas is a punk-spirited city for some reason. 
just wondering it's, it's why. A, it's a Wild West yeah. vibe, yeah. for sure. But I, I think Vegas is, is like, is its own thing. Like, if we would have put it in L.A., it would have been L.A.-centric. If we yeah. would have put it in New York, it would have been New York-centric. I yeah. think, in a way, Vegas is almost neutral. Yeah. And also, it's a place where everyone comes for a hundred different reasons. Yeah. It's a home of entertainment. Yeah. Since I was a kid, I've been a huge Elvis fan since I was a child. I've been coming to Vegas as long as I can remember. My family was gambling people and whatever. So I've been coming to Vegas forever. It is forever to me the home of entertainment. This is entertainment. It's 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 a museum, but it's also incredible amounts of entertainment going on here. And, and not to mention so many music festivals happen here. Yeah. I mean, people are... And let's be, let's be frank. There's no state tax. Yeah. Yeah. In Las also, Vegas, every, yeah. every weekend there's a new group of people who don't live in Vegas that come here for whatever reason. If it's a wedding, if it's a birthday party, if it's to the, the you know sports. Yeah. They come here for whatever reason, and eventually they get tired of gambling, looking yeah. for their and next drinking, thrill. and they want to do something. Yeah. Bowling. Punk rock bowling. We're on 24 years now, I think. I'm saying we, but but we've been going to it since the beginning. But if something can exist for 24 years in a punk scene, and it's bowling, I mean, how unpunk is bowling? <laughs> uh, but we've been all doing that for years, right? Because yeah. it made sense from for. I mean, I live on the East Coast. I live in New York, so a lot of. Yeah. This is a big journey to come here. If you're like, well, what else can I do if I just go to this museum? You can well, do I like gambling. I want to go to the swimming pool. I, there's good food. There's whatever. So it's 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 not. I think it's simplified by being close to California or outlying areas on the west. But for the East Coast, people come here are globally, which is what we want this to be, is a global destination is uh, you got to want to be here, right? Yeah. you got to want to come here. And and I'm hoping this is your first stop, and the rest is the fodder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any, like, stories growing up you have from the scene or, or playing bands or anything? Do you have any good stories come to mind just growing up? And I'm sure you have a lot. I right? mean, look, I'll, I'll go back to the bad brains for me when, yeah. I, when I was young and I lived in South Florida and it was, it was South Florida, right? It was like spring break, and everybody's going to spring break, and I don't know why I decided this was a good idea, but I thought I would take up hitchhiking really young. And I go, oh, you know what? I live in Fort Lauderdale. I want to hitchhike. I hear there's this band playing in Miami. So I hitchhiked to Miami, and I went into this place called the Kitchen Club, and the Bad Brains were playing, and I was just like, I don't even know how I survived getting here. And I'm sitting um, in this venue having no idea what I'm and the, the rafters are pretty close like that, and I just have then HR, like, hanging from the rafters, screaming down in my face, band from D.C. Yeah. And I said, I don't know what this is, but I, 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 I will hitchhike a thousand more times to come see <laughs> yeah. this band. And they're still one of my favorite bands to this day. They, they mean a lot to me. Yeah. Uh, so so that's, that's my great story of, 
of youth, and I also snuck into the clash at 1982. And I, I have a picture I just posted on Instagram, I don't know how many days ago, of me playing pool at my parents' bar wearing my clash shirt and my rubber sandals. <laughs> Thank you, Florida. Thank you, Florida. For me, I think my, my first punk show that was super memorable for me was DOA. And I lived in Spokane, Washington, where there weren't very many punk bands that came through. Yeah. So if it did, if they did, it was a big deal. And I just remember my skater punk friends had bought this huge, like, 70s car and welded off the top and made it into a convertible. Mm-hmm. And they drove up to me and my, my girlfriend's house and picked us up and drove us to this high school gym. And we walked in, and DOA was playing. And... I just, like, the whole series of events was a little crazy, but, like, hearing that band, seeing that band, it, it had such a huge impact on me, and I went down a different path. Yeah. You know, it, it, it turned me on to punk, and yeah. I never looked back. Yeah. Did you ever play in any bands or anything? Or? I played in a little shitty punk band for a while, but yeah. to no, to no uh, big end, but yeah. it was for fun. You know, it was fun to just get up on stage and scream and write songs about the things you're angry about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we like everybody says in a way, punk rock saves your life or saves your life in some way. Or punk rock ruins your life. Or yeah, <laughs> the negative side, yeah. <laughs> but like, what do you think it did for you personally, growing up, or just? Like, I'm about to retire off of punk rock. I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm hoping this it's is my retirement surprise. plan, right? I, I've been touring for 30 years. I've taken care of hundreds of bands, everything from hip-hop to punk. I've, you know, I remember touring in vans. This is what I did for years with many bands, is tour in a van. I spent my entire life dedicated to uh, being on the road and being in part of that culture and part of that scene, everything from skateboarding and beyond. And obviously, as time went on, it arena shows and whatever but but to go back to the roots of what I cared about and know that this is my business and my life now I go wow punk rock did save my life because I want to get off the road I want to stop touring I don't want to be a lifer on the road and and now this is the solution so for me it saved my life it never ruined my life in any I can't think of any scenario that would say it ruins my life. This, this is my life. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think that sometimes I would think, oh, punk rock ruined my life because I, it was such a huge part of my life. Yeah. And it caused me to make decisions like, oh, I'm going to take the cool job instead of the good paying job. Uh, but uh, working on this museum, I realized a lot of those cool jobs that paid like shit brought me to where I am today mm-hmm. and brought me to working on this legacy project, which yeah. I feel like is, it, it, it's important and it's going to be something that's lasting and it's going to be something that means a lot to people. Yeah, yeah. And how did, how did uh, Mike get into this too? You, you all connected, you're working with, with Bad Mike from NoFX on building this. How did he get into it too? Was it really his, was it more his idea or how, how did that happen? It was, it was, it was my idea with Mike. Okay. Mike and I, all of us have been friends for many years. Uh, Mike had just gotten out of rehab, and 
after the pandemic. And he was, he's uh, very close friends with my ex-boyfriend, Max, from The Swinging Utters. Max went out to hang out with Mike. We'd all done millions of things together over the years. And uh, Mike contacted me through Max and said, I want to open up, I want to do something in Vegas. I want to open up a store. Uh, I want to call it Max and Lisa's. And, and I go, no, no way, no how. Don't want to do it. Anyway, a couple more days of conversations like let's do this store and I said okay if we do the store I want to put a bunch of artifacts in there and make it more like a museum because I'd been talking to a bunch of people at the time because it's pandemic and everyone's like I'm going through my storage you know and and I realized all these people had all of this stuff and, and they didn't have anywhere to put it and I yeah. said I said hey why don't we do a uh, uh, you know put up stuff all over the walls at the store and then I'd be interested he's like like a punk rock museum Rock Museum, and it kind of stuck, and then it literally was like wildfire. It was like, yes, a, a museum, a punk rock museum, and it went like boom, 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 mm -hmm. and there was a, a few of us. We bought up every domain, every this, every that, and Mona has been one of my best friends for a very long time, and and I have brought Mona on, and if I'm doing a tour, I go, Mona's part of my team. Right? Like, that's the way it works. I write my deals around she's coming with me. Mm -hmm. Because we go hive brain. I go, whatever I think, she can execute. Whatever I execute, she can think. Mm -hmm. So so we, we, it just took off like yeah, know, it was, a week. It, it, it was, was a week later <laughs> we were doing it. We also had a magazine together some time ago. Mike and I did a, a magazine called Punk Rock Confidential. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there was, was a lot of people, Sonny and some other people, Sonny and Kevin. But but we thought I thought to myself, why don't we like make punk rock confidential be alive, right? Like it was just about people's stories and their lives and not necessarily always about being on stage. Because people forget that we're just also people, not just life's on stage. So so yeah, it got born quickly out of that and, and we instantly like grouped all of our people together that were doing nothing because of pandemic and they go, I need Mona and somebody's like, I need this person and I need that person. Before you knew it, we had Melanie Kay, we had we had Vinny Fiorello. Vinny and Jeb and all these people and we're like, we are the core and the rest is a collective. Anybody else who participates is a collective. Nice. So what like I know there's some new things coming up with the museum. You have the wedding chapel, you talk about that, you have the tattoo shop and then you also have the triple down so tell There's us a little bit so about that many stuff. things inside of here right it's like, like a russian doll yeah. <laughs> yeah you just keep peeling peeling her head off and you see it i mean obviously you come in this is a classic there's a it's exit through the gift shop right so you, you come in through the gift shop gift shop no it's a store but there's the store and then there's a legendary now called Triple Down. P. Moss, who uh, Double Down and Frankie is in a very infamous uh, icon in, in the Las Vegas scene as far as like running the bar culture goes. He's running our bar here. You go upstairs and then we have our tattoo parlor. And then right next to that is uh, our wedding chapel, which we're also calling our in, in, in memoriam. So we're we have three TVs that that really uh, shout out 
in memory of a lot of people who passed from our scene. So this is, I mean, it's it's all under one roof, but it's everything you could. Look, for me, if I, if I had nothing to do with this and I was in Las Vegas and I go, wait, I can see the history of punk rock. I can get a drink. I can get, I a, can tattoo. get a tattoo. And, and you're married all in and one you're day. Married. Yeah, all in one day. Well, you, possibly, you potentially could do all of those things yes. all in one day. We, want, we wanted to offer this package, which we haven't put together yet, which was like a wedding and an annulment in one weekend. <laughs> like you get married a on a idea. Friday, yeah. and then on Sunday you celebrate the let peace out. What was your name again? Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we this is a lot of things in one space, but it all still jives, right? Like there's no disconnect at any point. It's yeah, like, because the, the tattoo shop is it's all punk rock flash. It's all about like a memory that you have, and that's what the, the museum is about. It's about everyone's collective memory yeah. and about punk rock. And yeah. I think it's chapels. important that we point out that right here that we're looking right in front of us is a wall fully dedicated to the Las Vegas punk scene. Like if you, you can't just come to Las Vegas, open up a business and not pay homage, if you will, to the history of punk rock in Las Vegas. And that space right there means so much to so many Las Vegas punks that come in here. Locals are like, I heard you have a wall dedicated to Las Vegas. And we say, oh yeah, it's right, it's there. And it's, it and it matters that you know that's something you're not going to get in Las Vegas or in uh, Los Angeles or New York. Yeah. Something that's you got to pay respect that we're in your town, we're running a business in your town, and here here's some support of that. Yeah, that's great. Well, I've played in bands here myself, so just just to have that there is is awesome. So yeah. Well, thank you both, Mona and Lisa. It's been uh, awesome conversation any new things coming up with the museum any new events or anything you want to promote or yeah i mean this isn't a fully executed idea just yet but we we, we really want to push the concept that you never know what's going to happen at the punk rock museum there's constantly people coming through on any given day who will jump up into the jam room which i forgot to mention earlier we have a room up there that which is Full of instruments loaned or donated by people from Tim Armstrong to Joan Jett and beyond. So, so. <laughs> oh, look who just look joined who us! Up. Look who showed up! The life of the party. Yes. We had our first, like the first day that we were open. We all sat on this couch and like and, did this triple hug and like and we, cried like babies. We were like, we did it. Does this couch have any history? Is there anything? Yeah, it came from the thrift store like the day before we opened. Yeah, we got we got this in a thrift store the day we opened. I found some old ladies' bills in the kitchen. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I left them there. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? We're talking about, about the, the museum, museum and. Uh, what is that's more than just one thing. It's two things. Yeah. We have both punk rock here and oi. <laughs> and we have Indonesian punk rock. Yes. Which is very, very important, punk rock. Uh, telephone pole. I want to talk about the telephone pole. I don't know. <laughs> I, I bought a telephone pole for hundred dollars to put flyers <laughs> up so people could take the flyers. Yeah, every day we, we flyers. every day we staple up flyers. Yeah, they stapled them up badly, by the way. 
And, they put uh, two staples. It should be four staples. So I, I, I told them four staples. Yeah, it's, it should be difficult to steal a flyer. <laughs> you really should have to work to steal a flyer. Yeah, there should be flyers up near the top so someone could get hurt while getting one. Yeah, you should. If nobody's bleeding here, nobody's had a good time. And you are bleeding, so you have had a good time. Adam is bleeding all over Still the floor. Bleeding. Still bleeding. That's how, that's how punk Adam is. He's just bleeding everywhere. Yeah, well, Fletcher's, when Fletcher's here, people bleed. Yeah, everyone bleeds. He stapled things to himself on the... He stapled his to own his ear. ear. Yeah, he's a, he's a stapler. He's made me bleed. Yeah, jeez, gosh. Not an ass thing. He shot me with a BB gun, high-powered BB gun. Yeah, he, he would call it the cleansing. The cleansing. I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think we're done here. Do we have eggs? I want an egg. A purple one? A thousand-year egg? Yeah, the health department told us we can't sell pickled eggs anymore. Yeah. Well, they're probably right. They're terrible. I can't see them being good for you. Hey, we all lived in San Francisco where there was a famous thing called the thousand-year egg. You can get it at any bar, and it was black. Is it a thousand years old? Who knows? But it's a thing. People get it. Uh, what I want to know is, you guys who are doing this interview, did you have a good time here today? Amazing time. We, we grew up on fat bands in the '90s. You know, we played in bands together. Like, yeah. And they're very, very proud and impressed of our Vegas wall. We were saying that we had to pay. You got to pay respect. Well, Vegas, uh, I think it's a perfect place because Vegas is. Probably the punkest city in America. And I say that because you can see a band play at 4 a.m. You can see a band play at 5 a.m. Places don't close. And people here are, they're like how punk rockers should be. They're, they're meth addicts on, you know, more <laughs> alcoholics. And that's why no real good band has ever come out of Vegas. Because they don't care about being good. Yeah. They just want to play in the desert. You know, and shit up, shit party, up drugs. Right? Yeah. And that's fuck as fuck. Some generator and, party. And Vegas is, I, I love that the museum's here. Right next to the strip, club, uh, and right next to the freeway. Where we belong. Right. And you yeah. live here too, right? I moved here. I, I, I moved here forever. Like, I, I'm I'm Vegas now. She did too. I'm I the only, I'm, I'm, I'm the non, I'm not, I'm non-committal. I've always been, and I always will be. Why did you want to stay in? Like, why did you decide to come to Vegas and just, just plant your feet here? Well, I had to come here for the museum. Yeah. Oh, and no taxes. And no taxes. And no taxes. Ah! Yeah, let's let's circle back to that. <laughs> I, I always circle back to that. Yeah. I really like it here. Right. So, in, in No Effects' last tour is this, this mm-hmm. year into next year? Mm-hmm. Okay. How's that feel for you? A lot of. A lot of uh, no, it's, uh, that's a whole other subject. But, uh, very emotional, and I'm, after 40 years, I think it's the perfect time. It's, it, our last show in Austin, it was, it was really nice to say goodbye. <coughs> and I'm, I'm going to do new things. Great. And after tonight with, you know, with Angela space, and, yeah. and, and uh, Ricky, it was, it was so emotional. And it means something, I know something, people cry almost right? every day here. It yeah, people means cry every something. Day. The thing is, you don't want to do... We've, we've all done plenty of things that don't mean anything, and, and we've done so many things that mean so much, but we're at, we're at this place right now. Like Each time we see each other, we're like the biggest hug and, and crying because, because you, 
Yeah. We did it. And we, we did it. And we did, and we did it right. Yeah. And built it, and they are coming. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to keep changing it, and it's going to be a living being. It was emotional for us too because Tori, we all played together. We, we grew up listening to No Effects, listening to all the classics. So like to see it here, it's like, you know, it's like memorabilia. It's just like, and we five never, decades of pockets. I know. We never thought it's it was included. 15, 16 years old, and I'm playing No You Effects never thought? I never thought. You never thought there'd be a museum in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Vision, you know? Until we did. <laughs> Hey, look. We—I mean, just quickly. There was there was a guy that I saw here on opening day, and he he bought one of the founders' packages. Meaning, like, I want to say that I was committed to being a founder of this museum, and and I saw him and his wife earlier on opening day, and in, it was such a big deal for him that he bought his package in the name of his band that existed in San Diego so long ago that that maybe nobody's ever heard of. But he's like, I, I want our names to be on this wall so badly. And they came back today, and I, I actually committed to putting all the names on the wall today. And he brought me a newspaper clipping that his mother had, and he said, here's the newspaper clipping from my band from the, this long ago. And he, and he goes, I cannot believe that we get to put this up in here. And it was such this, like, incredible moment about a band I've never heard of, and as anybody else, but he brought out of his mother's thing this newspaper clipping to go on the founder's wall. That I go, God, this means so much to you. And he's like, All oh my guys from the so band are everybody. flying in. Yeah. I, I did that post to, about to, the Indonesian backyard yeah. party, and it got like a thousand comments. Yeah, because no, we're inclusive for real. Uh, three guys from Indonesia came here and brought us five Indonesian punk bands artifacts. Because they want, they want, they traveled here all the way from Indonesia to yeah. bring their artifacts so that their band could be that, included here. My too. goal is to get every fucking punk band here on the wall somewhere, yeah, so they point, can yeah. feel We're that pride. Doing it. Yeah. We're gonna do it. We're oh my god, my band! It. We only played one show ever. That's <laughs> not that. No, no, fuck that. That was the guy. <laughs> you have to, you have to like have recorded a song, yeah. uh, at least. Yeah. Played a few shows, yeah. but we all deserve to be on the wall. It's not the you don't have to be inducted. It's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is for fucking us. It's for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. Like in some museums, it's like you go and like things are like encased in glass and you can't touch anything. Here, you can go and you can play in the jam room. Yeah. And you can touch things and nobody's gonna be like. You can go to the bathroom and play touch pee pee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Well, we you know what. One of our, like, we, we have so many taglines. Like, if you aren't here, you weren't there. Yeah. Uh, smell the history. Right? <laughs> like, that, that's a, oh, that's wait, a great one. I smell the people's history. You could smell it from years ago. Yeah, yes. yeah it, does, it doesn't go away. And that's why a lot of it's under glass, because it's real smelly. <laughs> yeah. But the bathrooms are ironically clean, which is nice. Yeah, we're trying, to, we're trying to make them look a little more fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you both. Thank you. I'm glad Mike snuck in, as he Thanks, said he Mike. would do. Uh, it's Thank been you for awesome. having us. Yeah. Thanks Come for in. having us. We, however, we can support you. Please let us know. We yeah, I'll send you to. the. I'll send Melanie the, the podcast. Okay. And, uh, if you're in Vegas, go to the Punk Rock Museum today. So, thank you. Thank you, guys. Hey, this is Ryan with the Business Stories Podcast, and I want to let you know that we are looking for sponsors for episodes. If you have a company that wants to sponsor an episode. 
please reach out to me at livingryan at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening.